Tonight, heads I win, tails you lose. Wade Graham releases his inner shark. No such thing as smooth sailing towards Rio and the games of the 31st Olympiad. Liesl Jones joins us as we head for an Aussie gold rush in the pool. No swift mercy. The Firebirds inflict more pain in the netball grand final. And second is the new first, with Jason Day and Daniel Ricciardo, glorious runners-up. On the sports show that thinks on its feet, this is the Backpage Live. Wanted to run around in the baggy green. Be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think we're not strong enough, but we just beat the world. Their senses are dulled. I got punched in the back of the head regularly. It was just unfortunate it was from a coach. Good everybody, welcome to the show. Great to have your company. Uh, say hello to Kelly Underwood and Adam Spencer. Welcome to you both. And Jules Schiller, alongside a man I admire so much, I forgive his Hawthorne obsession, Damien Fleming. Hey, Tony, you comfortable with us on the top of the ladder at the moment? Oh, yeah. Having the worst season we've had in four years? Absolutely. Look at the two of oh. you over the same colour blue shirt, same colour grey hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, We'll talk later about that. All right, the Sharks in uh, the NRL, their record winning run has come to an end in dramatic and controversial circumstances in a Golden Point draw last night with the Gold Coast. But it's a bit of gamesmanship that has everybody talking with the Titans saying Sharks acting skipper Wade Graham lied about his call at the toss to begin extra time. Let's listen. Right, eh, tails, heads, your call. What did you call? No, tails. Tails, yep. What did you receive that one? No, he didn't. Call it again. Toss it and call it again. I won the coin toss and had the toss of the game because Wade Graham lied, so um, <laughs> he conned the official. Yeah, I just got, I just got the call to you know receive, so you get that extra set. So that's a massive play that having to flip the coin twice at the end when you win it's ridiculous. You called heads, no, I didn't. It's brilliant. That's, that's like Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, nah, game and ship, that's all right, isn't it's it? It's a big deal, though. I mean, the bunk, we go to everything on the bunker and not to that. The only thing that they could, <laughs> they could legitimately solve. That's the problem, isn't it? I mean, you, you don't want to go to the bunker for everything, but it is kind of key in that you know, instance to win the toss. Do we go rock, paper, shot? scissors? Surely that I, would be... You can't, been, you can't. I've been, saying, I've been saying for years <laughs> that this is a disaster by need to happen. I advocated <laughs> the rock, paper, scissors model a while ago. They actually trialled rock, paper, scissors pre-season a couple of years ago in yep. the NRL, and unfortunately the rules were too complicated. <laughs> For the most of the league, there was one bit where one guy said, I've got rock. The other guy said, I've got paper. That wins. The first guy took the rock and hit the second guy in the face. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So and they got shivved with the scissors at one point. They had to move it, on it from that. What's the percentage play in rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> no, strictly, well, with, with tossing a coin, if you toss a coin, it comes up ever so slightly more than 50% facing whichever way it was facing up at the time of the toss. Wow. So if you right. see what's sitting in the, uh, in the ref's hand or the way it's sitting there, Call what you see then, and you'll win an extra one toss per about 400. In all seriousness, oh, I just wanted to know that. How did he think he would get away with that? I we mean, did they're get all away. Get away with it. Get away with it. again, and he they're, won. There's cameras everywhere. It's mic'd up. It's professional not, sport. What's is he that, thinking? Is that, yeah. is that not bringing the game into disrepute? If you lie on television, well, it's, if, if, maybe, you, if, it's if you cheating. cheat in the, if you cheat cheated. in the tossing of a coin, 
lie and get recorded doing it. You've brought the game into disrepute. Maybe he didn't lie. Maybe it's got short-term memory loss. <laughs> like a goldfish in a bowl, always meeting new well, it's sort of show, people. It showed up the referee is really not paying much attention. Yeah, that's the thing. That's brilliant. But you won't be surprised. The great thing is it's not the first time a coin toss ha has gone wrong. We make note of such things. So have a little look here. Uh, two captains, can, they can both think they've won the toss. Here's a look. We'll both <laughs> No, you won it. Okay, well, it was brilliant. It always helps, though, if the referee can actually toss the ball. <laughs> it's just handy and uh, another go. Oh. <laughs> Look at the laugh from the guy. Oh. One more. Yeah. Heads. Yeah, wait. And look, the golden oh, point Gordon. toss can be confusing. It certainly confused the great <laughs> Gordon Tallis. It is a tail. Do you want to kick off or choose which way you want? We will receive the ball. Choose which way you want to. No, yeah, we yeah. will. Yeah. No. Which way you want to run? Which way do you want to run? Why is that? Because if, that's, that's, they'll kick off if you choose which way you want to run. No? Same as no, sorry, uh, no, I received the ball, I said. Yeah. yeah. And which way do you want to run? You get both, you get both choices now. Oh, do we? You get... <laughs> OK. <laughs> Conversations over the first five minutes of extra time is what we've done. You're right, rock, paper, and scissors. Yeah. Too complicated. <laughs> it's all about that golden point. Look, it's an argument that goes on and on and on. Sharks coach Shane Flanagan says that golden point is an absolute waste of time and should be scrapped in the regular season games. It's an absolute lottery in the, in the thing. You know, they were all offside. We were offside. There was charge downs. There was penalty should have been given. It's just a joke, golden point. Um, it is an absolute joke. Just throw all the rules out. Um, because there are no rules in Golden Point. Wow. He has a point. The referees do tend to put the whistle away during those ten minutes. So is that a bad thing? <laughs> well, <laughs> Just totally to play a different type of game. That's exactly it is, right. It is exciting, and there are too few moments in sport when the when a scoring shot wins the game. I know we have extra time, but in football, if someone kicks a goal, they sit back for five minutes. It was something we saw it in netball, and we saw it, you know, twice in uh, league on the weekend where a team scored a try, they scored a, a... Well, they almost scored a few, got to win the game. It's exciting. Yeah, but the, the problem with it is that if you go point for point with a team and after at full time it's 28 all and then they get the luck of the draw on a field goal, you walk away with zero points, the same as if they'd beaten you 86 points to nil yep. in regular time. If you, if you draw with a team in regular time, you deserve one competition yeah. point. You've done better than all the other teams that weekend who lost. I've said it before, I still do like the idea of the draw. I like the idea of both sets of fans going home disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Broncos coach Wayne Bennett has never been a fan of Golden Point. Look, he didn't say it in so many words this time, but I think he got the message across when asked about it, yeah. Is that one point for yeah. goal? <laughs> <laughs> exactly not interested. As you mentioned, Jules, I think the best Golden Point win is always when the field goal attempt becomes a golden try. And we did see that at the weekend. It was brilliant. Sean Johnson, the Warriors who have had bad luck in Golden Point this season. Look at that. Goes through against oh, Penrith wow. and puts it yeah. beyond doubt. That is pretty to watch. And you're right, it can create some great Yeah, moments. well, that's exciting. That gets yeah. you off the couch, doesn't it? They all thought he was going for the drop kick, I think, and he weaved his way through beautifully. And they've lost a couple of thrillers so far this season. So and got they one pretty back. excited. Got one back. All right, it's official. Rugby League has gone to hell in a handbag. Dragons' Tyson Frizzell was at the judiciary tonight and lost his fight against the farcical suspension for touching a match official. As you can see here, uh, nothing to that. He gets a week off. It is... I think that that is a week, what? according to the rule. It's a, it's a touch. He moves him out of the way so he can walk in a straight line. It's a dismissive kind of, you're not important touch. It's a disrespectful, slight touch. And I think that's... You can't grade this type of thing. It's either a rule or it's not, and that's a week. I'd give the umpire a week. 
Get out of the players' way. <laughs> well, there's an out-of-camera angle where Chris James, the referee, does, in fact, instigate the touching. In some cultures, they're married now, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But there was, there was movement there. Tyson Frizzell, he's been penalised. He's completely fatigued. He gets off the ground, tries to get back on side to get in line with the rest of his players. He touches the referee gently. In the same game where Josh Reynolds has tripped somebody and he gets nothing, he gets a week. Tell me that's not rubbish. I just can't believe there's still confusion surrounding this rule. I mean, this we've is seen Josh Reynolds. That we've seen players... Uh... Now, there's a trip. Sorry, Kel, to interrupt you. There's, there, there's a trip as he comes through. Bang, puts his foot out before he makes any touch. And gets nothing. Him. And gets nothing. Yeah, so and at, at last count, he's tripped about 4,000 opponents <laughs> in his career. <laughs> right. He is a exactly. serial tripper, it, that yeah, guy. It Completely. seems to be a grey area. Can you make it black and white? Can you just say, OK, if you touch a ref, that's it? you're out, like we saw tonight. Because other players earlier this year have gone for something similar, so... But I, I just think it's an area where you can't make it black and white. I think the referee should be able to report and say if he feels it was an intimidating act, then, yes, he reports. So, in, in the AFL, that. it has... It's forceful them, contact, right? So, yep. the report uh, is you're making forceful contact with an umpire. In other words, it's dangerous. And then if, but if, just if, a touch here or there... And is, if a referee okay. has to come out publicly and say... I was scared, I found that intimidating. Then you get all these things of the referees, you know, not going to want to... Imagine if you're a ref who then, you know, dobs in a player for intimidating you. You get no. stick from the refereeing fraternity. You're known as one of those scaredy-cat refs. It's just got to be... It's different in AFL because the, the umpire will throw it up and race backwards out unsighted. They, they will bump into play. They, all they, the time. It just happens. But yeah. in league, you can avoid almost always... Touching the, the ref. Well, sometimes you can't. And sometimes it's the referees just getting their own back. Uh, Henry Paranara, this is an oldie bit of goody. Uh, he comes forward. Ben oh. Oh. <laughs> James Tedesco goes over to the They were twerking at one stage. It's good, isn't it? The way he goes. Hey. Down I go. That's Henry Perinara. No, obviously, no penalty for that. <laughs> uh, no penalty whatsoever. Better week for Tyson. I'm not bitter. Far more <laughs> substantial contact uh, with the umpire. Now, this is from a North East Australian Football League game, as you can see here. Bang. Oh, now, it's the, uh, it's the oh, crap fall that follows. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh. No, you shouldn't laugh. Well, look, I don't... He wasn't hurt that bad, He needs that chiropractor like, in the back. Yeah. Even when they can cast, the ump still runs backwards. Consistent. He was absolutely OK. He was absolutely OK there. But, uh, obviously, a little bit of music. And, look, any excuse, really to play this goal umpire's efforts from the 1960s. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's gone. It, it, just, it gets better it's every time, in. doesn't it? <laughs> it gets better it every time you Oh, no! <laughs> yes. uh, I do love it. All right, let's move away from referees and umpires and let's go to Rio, where it's only three rebuilding days until the Olympic Games. <laughs> now, talk has been overwhelmingly negative, what with fires, robberies, boat ramp collapses, polluted water... But it will all come together beautifully in the end. It always does, doesn't it, Kel? Oh, look, Rio's left it to the last minute, and yep. who's surprised by that? Um, I'm a bit over the negative talk, to be honest. Really? Bring on the opening ceremony Saturday morning. There Bring goes on our next ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Bring on the competition that Sunday morning. We should be winning our first gold medal when the when the women's. Four by 100s jump in the pool for the relay. Yeah, bring on the opening ceremony Saturday morning, but for the love of God, don't let it start 15 minutes early. 
because there's a real chance the stadium won't quite be done. <laughs> At that stage, they need every second of Are you over it? I mean, we hear this before every Commonwealth Games. We heard it in Delhi. We hear it before every Olympics. You don't, you don't hear quite as many dead bodies washing up on beaches, etc. <laughs> no. stories that you're hearing this time round and round. That's true. There have been a lot, a lot of stuff there. And look, I do like this. Only one person I think is less happy with the athletes' village than Kitty Chiller. That's Boomers star Andrew Bogart, who says the holiday brochures just don't match the reality whatsoever. Uh, Akil, look at this. He's got the uh, uh, IOC luxury lodging, put together a shower curtain uh, so we can shower and not flood the place. There the he is. The thing is, though, I think you can get a gold medal and a certificate three in house renovation. He's doubling up there. Look, bed is not vital for sleep. Fine-tuned athletes can sleep standing up. Uh, obviously, the bedding uh, uh, not good uh, enough. We're becoming whingers, though, aren't we? You know, because, I mean, Kitty Chiller, I think her press conferences are fair enough, but they're very strident. There's now a lot got, of them. We've got Bogart doing this. The Aussies are about as popular in Brazil as pubic hair at the moment, aren't they, really? <laughs> when, when you think about it. We're, no, we are. We're on the front of their newspapers. They've got, you know... And they are starting to pick up that we are becoming overly negative. You know, don't, and... you want, don't you want a strong leader, though, that sticks up for a team? There has been a lot of criticism already directed at Kitty Chiller, and if we win a fair few gold medals and we behave ourselves, well, then she's done her job. I mean, Steve Montagetti spoke every day as the chef de mission in Delhi and in Glasgow. No-one said anything about him? No. Well, Andrew Bogut, we saw, he wasn't happy. But on the other hand, in terms of your basketball, Matthew Delavadova, he, he is just happy to be there. Look at him, his tweet. Look at the big thumbs up from oh, your favourite man, Jules. Yeah, he's... I mean... Dalavadova is great, isn't he? Like, you can imagine him niggling and, you know, kind of... He'll, he'll be great for his the room, mate. Yeah, niggling his roommate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, basketballers, I mean, he's six foot three yeah. and Andrew Bogut's seven foot, so yeah. squished in. The US Dream Team, have you seen where they're staying? I think we can see. Where are they staying? They're staying in a luxury cruise ship uh, in the Rio port. There's two ships that are that are in the Rio port. One is, is this for the... the... <laughs> you serious? I am serious. And the, and the only team that is that is staying there is the US Dream Team, the men's and the women's team. <laughs> and then there's one other ship next door, and that's for the Olympic family, the VIP. They're complaining about the entrees. The amuse bouche. It's been well documented that Lindsay Fox has currently got something that big around there for oh, his conception correct. party, 80th birthday party thing. Jamie, Jamie Packer's on Arctic P with Mariah Carey. Yep. Yep. No, nothing better to do. Get no. over there now, Packer, yeah. and help out the Australian <laughs> basketball team. <laughs> They're not helping themselves, though, both the Australian men's and women's, uh, because Aussie basketball's Liz Cambage and Bogut, they've really lifted team spirit with their yeah. social media spat. Now, it all started when Bogut apologised for a tweet making light of protests against alleged pre police brutality in Melbourne. From there, it has gone absolutely pear-shaped, well, hasn't it? Well, look, Bogut's opinionated, and I like that about him, and Liz is emotional and can be easy distracted yep. and uh, look I can sort of in a sense see where she's coming from here making those you know Andrew shouldn't have made those comments in the first place but going tit for tat on social media doesn't really there's no winners in that is it in a sense I mean it, it, where does it get you at the end of the day and I think um, Liz needs to really focus she like I said she's an emotional person she needs to focus and put and cannot be distracted heading into the Olympics and focus on the Olympics one of them should just get on the phone have a chat to the other one, hey? It's yeah. no good being out what in the public forum. There's no winners. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. Air your dirty laundry in public. That's what we're, we're the winners. <laughs> we get to talk about it. Now, speaking of winners, uh, the medal count looks great on the positive side. America's Sports Illustrator has predicted we'll win 11 gold medals. Now, that's just in the pool. They're talking about an overall uh, gold medal tally of 20, which I think puts us in the top three.
Can yeah. this be right? Oh, we'll take that. Well, I know. Look, well, the swimmers are going to start it, aren't they? And they yeah. will set the tone and they'll put everyone in the mood. And when you... I don't know about you guys, but when I think of the Olympics, I think of Cathy Freeman and then I think of huddled around the TV with the family watching the swimming. And I think, Flem, if they can get us off to a good start on Sunday, then maybe anything is possible. That, well, like traditionally, you said... it's been the strength, hasn't it? So if yeah. we can get a few golds early, hopefully they... They come really quickly. And, and some of those... Jared Talent will win two medals in the walking. He won't be given those for eight to ten years. <laughs> <laughs> no. So you've got to wait. You've got to wait and factor those in. And then we'll win twenty in the yachting. <laughs> that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. Well, there are of course the the Russians, and some of them won't oh. be there because of what's going on. Most of the Russian drug cheats won't be in Rio. Instead, they were proudly paraded about in Moscow in their own mini Olympics, uh, which went terrifically for them. Uh, there they go over the top. It's such a weird thing because we don't know. It hasn't even been decided yet. Which of them? Some of them still may be, you know, called out. Some people who are waiting may come in with a place in the Olympics. I mean, we had our rowing eight women get called up. Get called up. It, it was great to see this. It had a Russian and a Brazilian flavour and they called it the Farmy Gras as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just bringing the pharmaceuticals into it. But what a bizarre thing to... What a bizarre thing to hold. You know, to, to sort of parade so the athletes that are banned out there in public they're for everyone to see. They're sort of rubbing their noses in it in yeah. a bit, aren't they? And the thing yeah. was, in the spirit of when you were watching that video, there, all the officials, they were off their faces yeah. well. <laughs> all the trainers, the ground announcers, all yeah. absolutely yeah, on. It was cheating games. Yeah. Some blokes were hitting on other people's wives. Yeah. It was terrific. Yeah. Holding a performance-enhancing game so does have its dangers, <laughs> as you can see by this incident during the gymnastics at, at that event. This guy just Whoa. doesn't know his own... <laughs> 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 doesn't know what's going on there. And, uh, so he, he was tested, he was fine. <laughs> well, funny you should say that. Funny you should say that, because even some Russian officials look sideways at, at this bloke in, in the weightlifting. But, uh, <laughs> tests all came back clear, Clem. Looks uh, like Lance Armstrong. It's the classic condom full of walnuts. Uh, thank you, Clive James, right there. I, look, I love this story. America's NBC paid $1.2 billion to broadcast the games. So why shouldn't they ask the Rio organisers to change the opening ceremony's on-ground commentary from Brazil's Portuguese to English? Why? Because in English, the United States team comes into the arena toward the end of the Parade of Nations, keeping an American audience interested. In Portuguese, they're Estados Unidos and arrive halfway through, at which point, as you'd imagine, Americans who don't care about anybody else in the world go to bed. Oh, so the TV ratings stop once right. the Americans yes. have done their lap. Correct. Yeah. It's a good story, isn't it's it? It's the American games. Uh, NBC have paid something ridiculous. What is it? $12 billion they've paid for the next six Olympics. This is right. the first one of the deal. $12 billion. So I guess they probably think, hey, we're within our rights here to pull a few strings and have a say and run the opening ceremony. Probably won't matter in four years because they'll be called Trumpovia by then. Come in So you're saying the US audience isn't staying to see Zaire and Zambia and <laughs> Yemen <laughs> come in? That's Zimbabwe, <laughs> Zimbabwe, <laughs> Vietnam, Vietnam, yeah. Venezuela. You've got a drinking game, haven't you? I, I have, yes. It's, you've got to predict the next country coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, so if, if you don't, it goes in a, in a loop and if you don't predict it, you've got to do a shot. So there are a few cut French Guiana trips me up every yeah. year. So look out you for that. You know that one. the opening ceremony starts at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Even better. <laughs> Drink responsibly. All right. I think uh, one of the underrated sports at the Olympics is, of course, table tennis, because you do get to see ridiculous shots like this. This is from the Finlandia Championships. Look at that. Oh. Did you see that come round? This and. Wooshka and onto the corner. Extraordinary. I don't think it's as good as this shot. This is from the Japan Open last month. Um, this is legal. And no. Yes. You have to go over the yes. No, you don't have to go over. It's like over. tennis. You can go around the net. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Brilliant.
That's what we see in the Olympics. All right, to golf. Yeah, exactly. To golf and an amazing eagle on the final hole for Jason Day was not quite enough for him to grab back-to-back -back PGA titles. It was beautiful on the 18th, this pumped dirt to put it in and put pressure uh, on. There it is. Yes, nice. Yeah, well played, Jason. Uh, look, in, in other news, uh, this bloke won. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's riveting, isn't it, watching the golf? Because once Jace had the eagle and mm. then Walker went for the um, green in two and he went into the rough, um, he was say, a chance, wasn't he? Yeah, but Jizzy played well. Ice water going through Walker's veins for yeah. that entire final round, he did not look like a guy who was playing the most important couple of hours of golf. And he'd never life. won a major Just before. delivered, yeah. delivered, yeah. delivered. Yeah, he, why to why? Why he won that, Jimmy Walker? Jay, he was on effort. the back nine, he was on for regulation every time, but yeah. he had long birdie putts. It yeah. wasn't until their 18th he had the opportunity to... It's he has had a charisma bypass, but that doesn't matter. He played absolutely... Yeah. Classic golf pro. Um, all right, the hackers among us, though, we're always looking for inspiration from the pros. Phil Mickelson provided it on the first hole in his second round. Look at this, this is his tee shot. Now, the ball goes over the fairway, uh, sadly, onto the freeway uh, <laughs> next door. Gets very long drive. Uh, his second shot was equally good. Uh, he hits it from the drop spot and surprise, surprise some people snoozing in this granny flat. <laughs> <laughs> come out of as well. Eventually did make it to the grim. That makes you feel good. But in the British Open, he didn't play a false stroke. Yeah, he comes second. Correct. He looked back and go, I couldn't have played any better. Now, within one hole, I couldn't play any better. Extraordinary. All right, look, there's nothing worse than rabid golf fans yelling stupid stuff like, get in the hole, when a bloke is hitting 300 metres from the green. <laughs> so here's a compilation of idiots. Get in the hole! Follow me! I don't even know what hold the door means. <laughs> no. Hold the door. But I love the raucous crowd. The commentary's always just very yeah, steady. Yeah, not so it? raucous at all. It's amazing how gifted athletes are good at a range of sports. Brazilian soccer star Neymar, for example, doesn't mind swinging a club. No, I don't uh, like it. I was oh! like, oh! oh! he's rubbish. Absolute. <laughs> there it is. See, that makes me feel good about myself suddenly. Well, you should see John Daly take a bicycle kick. <laughs> 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 That's something to behold. Yeah. <laughs> someone throws a donut in the air, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> he's also rubbish at baseball, which is, is nice as well. You can see here he comes. Yeah. <laughs> he does, he doesn't he's got even... no power yeah. in his upper body, has he? No, it's weird, isn't yeah. it? But even the way he, the way he's holding... Yeah. The balance in holding a baseball bat eludes yeah. him, let alone coming in like contact the golf with him. Just, <laughs> just makes me feel so much better about myself. All right, a week of fighting seconds for Aussies with Daniel Ricciardo following Lewis Hamilton home in the German Grand Prix. But gee, he celebrated like a winner. This is uh, a thing called a shoey. He says yes. it's very Australian. Yeah, a mate of his who won the MotoGP uh, did it recently. It's, I think surfers have done it. I think it's like a, a regular thing. So Jack Miller what, did it. Yeah, yeah Jack Moto Miller. Yeah. So we gave an interview and explained it afterwards that it was an Aussie thing, an Aussie tradition, and uh, and that mm. he performed it. Was new to Grand Prix fans, and let's hope he never sees a pic of David Carney bubbling as well, because I don't know <laughs> if that would <laughs> go down well on the podium. Have you actually heard anyone here heard of that term before, a shoey? No. no. Yeah, yeah, no. It's been, yeah, I've heard it. It's yeah. been in the live music scene too, people oh. will skull shoeys at concerts oh. and things like that. But the, I, I, I've, the stats on how much weight those guys lose in the course of a race, 
It's got to go somewhere. That boot has had more sweat in it than a normal boot that's been worn <laughs> for a couple of hours, and you're then drinking... Yeah. Well, is he a big drinker? Because he started talking Irish to a Scotsman. Yeah, I knew it. Did you drink champagne out of a cricket boot after a win at all? Ah, we beer. Verstappen on that podium, he got third. He was drinking champagne. He's actually underage. He's 17. <laughs> so he's literally committing a crime. <laughs> to AFL now, and the giant season continues to blossom, this time at the expense of the poor old Richmond Tigers. Is the coach under the pump, Kel? We're hearing that he's all good for now. Damien Hardwick, there he is. He's all good now, all good next year. Ooh, they're in a deep, dark hole at the moment, the Tigers, aren't they? And I'm not sure they know what the best way to get out is. Uh, it sounds like they're going to back him in. He's contracted for another couple of years. But, uh, gee, there's some mixed messages coming out of uh, Punt Road earlier this season. Damien Hardwick, Flem, said, this is the best list I've had at my disposal in seven so. years. And now... It, we're rebuilding. So we're hearing the R years, word. You know, if, well, he, if, he, if they do move him on, you know, what's the payout there? Um, but uh, you'd think they'd have to back him for another year. But the expectation, three finals in a row, and they recruited Chris Yaron, who hasn't played a game. Well, they, they, they were trying as, to be top four, weren't they? They described him as a cherry on the top this season. So, obviously, they were that confident yeah. of their yeah. list that he was just like a garnish to a great dish. And Damien Hardwick needs to change his name to Airwick because he is on the nose. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Oh, the single, the I should write for the, the Telegraph. The, the single quote that left out most of me, I heard Hardwick, the press conference after last week's game, you don't want to pick on a team who aren't going well, but saying, we'll get through this. This is a resilient and strong group. And mm. I would suggest that's, that's not a group of players who've shown up and been resilient week in and week out. They... For the, for the quality that's clearly in that group. And they, they beat Sydney earlier this year. They've got a group of players who, once or twice a season, will all play to the best of their ability, mm. and they're a fantastic football team. And it's the other 20 games of the season when they, they almost don't look like they want to be there sometimes. They clearly got ahead of themselves. They've fallen into the finals the last three years and then capitulated yeah. in the elimination finals. They had 15 wins in two of those three years. Mm. So they've done all right until... They haven't won a final, as you said there. But the Giants... On, yeah, oh, on the other side of that building. coin, 88-point win. But the Giants are just... They are flying, aren't they? They're going to get the top two aren't they? And yeah. they're... they're Got plenty of players in reserve as well there. Their depth is strong. It's, and it's so. all about percentage. We saw a big win for the Giants and yep. a big win for the Swans because it's so, they're so logjammed there. And it looks like the predictors say that it'll be the Giants second and the Swans third. I'm scared to say who's this first? because who's, I've got I've first? got the Swans uh, either yeah, side of me. You haven't said the first. All the irony in the world, <laughs> Tony, because yes. your club, Adam, you're the mm -hmm. number one ticket holder, um, gave ANZ Stadium the flick, paid them a bit of money to do that. Where will you be playing first week of the final? Anywhere ANZ anyone stadium. wants to play us, yeah. we don't we'll care. We'll be playing the Giants at ANZ Stadium. We'll take hey, that. Cal, we'll play them on ANZ Cal, Parade, I don't care. Playing? Where are the Hawks playing? Oh, move on. Wherever we want, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> week of milestones, none bigger than Boomer Harvey sprinting Boy. past Michael Tucks. I think it was Hawthorne. Tucky wanted to yeah. play one more his year. all-time <laughs> games record. Look, he's still cheeky in his squad in 27 Cal, he's always been good from there. <laughs> Cheeky sums him up. Great night, well handled. Guess what he does next weekend? He yeah. breaks the record again. He'll yeah. continue do to do it. Every week? Yeah, yeah, we do this every week. Every week. He's got, one day, a runner's going to come out with a telegraph from the Queen for Boona Harvey. <laughs> 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 oh, he's playing. So he's going to play 450. He'll yeah, play next year. He'll yeah. get oh, he will play he next will. year, I'm certain. All right, two words. Nick Kyrgios. He continues to cover himself in glory. Look, I'm not exactly sure what else he covered himself in during this exchange. I don't go to the toilet. Not at the moment. You're not going to give me permission to go to the toilet? Not at the moment. But I'm, I'm busting. It's an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
No, I don't need to go anymore. You don't have to go anymore. No. <laughs> it is, it is I, like a grade two. I don't need two, to go anymore. Or grade three kid in class, isn't it? It's, 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 it's almost becoming more of a joke. Like, he's becoming more of a caricature of himself every week, Nick Kyrgios. But I wonder if doubles players like girls in bars, they always go to the toilet together. <laughs> <laughs> Catch up on Goss and talk about the game. Yeah, yeah. I think that line judge likes me. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened, though, it's not his fault, it's ours. Poor, unsupportive Aussie fans. I think the Canadians probably support their athletes a little better than the Australians do, so... Did you want to expand on that at all, or? I think it speaks for itself. <laughs> he doesn't look surly at all, does he? He's got a massive chip on his shoulder with the Australian media. Like he, he That's loves... the public as well, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he loves being here and playing, you know, with all the attention, but then hate, can't handle criticism. He'll be a Where classic when he retires. What are you going to mm. do? I'll work in the media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, Liesl Jones joins us. Damien Fleming's tips for batting against spin. Plus, you ask for a kill. We get the pixelation pants out for this week's top five. <laughs> Won't be knocked down, be knocked down tonight. Our eyes glow fire. We won't be knocked down, be knocked down tonight. Can't knock us down. We're going to extra time. From the pitch to the hero. She's had the yips, she's had the wobbles. Can she win it for Yeah, congratulations, Queensland. You have done it again. This time it's the netballers who have beaten New South Wales with the Firebirds defending their title in a sensational double extra time final against the Swifts. Been called the best domestic game of netball seen. You've got to rate it up there, haven't you? You do. It absolutely <laughs> has to be. I mean, um, you know, what a way to farewell nine years of the ANZ Championship with the, the greatest game of all out of the entire nine years. Such a fitting finale. And I guess every now and then with sport, it just picks you up and carries you away for a couple of hours. You forget all your worries in the world. JT did that in the NRL Grand Final last year and that was another great live sporting event to experience. And the thing that's incredible about really close netball games, like you can have a really close game of AFL where there might not be a shot at goal for the last four and a half minutes or something. Net Ball guaranteed in the last 10 seconds, someone either has a chance to win it or has a chance to tie it if it's an absolute yeah. nobody. That was as exciting as any game, any code, any era any gender that you'll ever see. It was see, awesome. Golden Point works for netball, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was Golden yeah. Point by two. Yeah, but. that's exactly right. The great thing at last year's grand final, was, of course, was the Swifts had led and then they were chased down. This year, yeah. the other way around, they had to scramble to get back into so the game. They did it beautifully. Yeah, you, that's a good point you pick up. There was one lead change last year with 14 seconds to go and the margin was one goal. Yeah. There was 15 lead changes this year and the margin was two goals. What was it like in the room? You were commentating it. It How... was absolutely deafening. I mean, it was <laughs> Brisbane Entertainment Centre. They changed, They actually spun the court around this year. Last year, I think they had about seven or 8,000 in. They had nearly 11,000 in. They made it bigger. And they were absolutely packed in. You could just hear the chanting, Queenslander, Queenslander. And you walked into the stadium and it was just being hit by this deafening 
um, sort of wall of sound. How was your voice going at there? Uh, yeah, not too bad. <laughs> 77 <laughs> minutes of talking. It's such a, a tight, kind of intense game. It's great to check out the emotion from the coaches on the sideline. Uh, so you can see here at the start, where well, we saw some uh, here, the, Kel, the scores were very, very tight. Uh, let me have a look A lot of here. emotion. Yeah, a lot of emotion. Here we go. Yeah. They're tight. They're very, very, I think 54, 53. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Wright, uh, they go through the range of emotions from A to whatever's between A and B. Basically, look at that. This is right towards the death. Mm. It's Are they heavily sedated or no. what? I mean, in AFL, they're punching through the wall. They're, they need a phone to slam. Yeah, yeah. Something. something. Cosy up... had musket round the neck at one stage in an A-League game. I was, in, I was in Brisbane that night. I caught up with the Swifts girls later that night when they were celebrating a great season. And uh, in the same way as your Neymar is a phenomenal football player mm -hmm. and can't swing a golf club, mm -hmm. these women on the court, incredible, uh, phenomenal athletes, couple of drinks and they try and dance, it's like watching giraffes ice skating. They are just <laughs> all over the place. There's arms going, there's guys just minding their own business, getting elbowed to the side of the head. So the girls left nothing uh, on the court they... and nothing in a Brisbane nightclub. Either. They deserve it. And the coaches. Cricket in Australia's problems with spinning oh. subcontinental decks continue. Beaten by Sri Lanka, I think they uh, rank seven. This is just the second time they won. This was in Candy. Yeah, I was there the first time. Yeah. Because uh, the noise yeah. did. <laughs> 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 but it was it was amazing. We dominated, didn't we, for yeah. the first few days that um, when that young Mendes went out there, eight wickets in hand, 80 runs behind, I'm thinking we're going to win potentially by an innings. But it just showed again how good Sri Lanka are in their conditions and their spinners have got great variety. But our inability of our batsmen, um, everyone got starts besides Dave Warner. Yep. So for no-one to go on and get 100 and win that game for Australia just shows to me... I don't reckon they got their game plans right. And and their preparation, as Rob, but Rob Marsh, Marsh said... Rob Marsh has said yep. they've done everything they can. They've got the Australia A-side goes to India. They've got Murali working with them as well. They're trying all they can to get them up to speed on those decks. Yeah, I think we need Kumar Sangakara actually batting for us. Yeah. But <laughs> when I think of Australians that have been successful over there, Matthew Hayden back yep. in 2001, he'd worked really hard on sweeping really fine or getting down the pitch and hitting them back over the head for six. Darren Lehman was a very good sweeper of the ball. Damian Martin brought up on the whacker. You would think that he'd struggle over there, but he worked on going back and making sure he hit gaps and, and really picked the ball up on length. So if you don't have a game plan which is going to hurt the opposition spinners and force them to change their game plan, you're in trouble. And particularly against Harath, you know, who's such an Brilliant. experienced bowler, it doesn't give you a lot to hit. It's the younger spinners that you probably... But Sandekan, the young kid, was great as well. He didn't drop any short. He was great. But you mentioned that. I mean, our boy Steve Smith, the skipper, he's usually terrific against spinner. He does play aggressively. Now, there's some questions, <laughs> though, about the way he got out. This is, I think, early on day two. Uh, At and... what stage do you reckon he thought he was in trouble here? Catch <laughs> 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 Fleming, there's been a bit of criticism saying that their ability to dig in is because they're playing too much 2020 cricket. Do you read anything into that? I mean, because well, seven can consecutive test match losses now in their subcontinent. Well, I feel for them as well because they play on a lot of flat tracks. Was that a coin toss there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and in the Australian conditions, our pitches are getting very, very similar now with the drop-ins, whereas 20 years ago when I started, you know, the SCG turned, Adelaide turned, swing at the Gabba, uh, swing in Perth. So I reckon you've got uh, actually an education in, in all-round ground, uh, grounds that help you in test match cricket. And that's what I love about test matches is you might be a dominant player at home here at the MCG, but you've got to do well in England and you've got to do well over there in India. Um, so maybe we might have to look at our own pitches over here so they actually 
get the chance to actually bat in um, spin and swing friendly conditions more and also get the opportunity for our spinners to bowl more on turning tracks. Well, one man who did do well, of course, well, has done up to this point, the greatest of all time, Nathan Lyon. Now, he picked up his 200th test uh, wicket. Uh, look, he hasn't had the greatest game, obviously, but he's there. And that is, you know, for in terms of, I think it's, what, the first finger spinner to do that for Australia? For Australia. I think it's only Warney, Stewie McGill and yep. Richie Benno that they're ahead of him as spinners. So, fantastic for him. He really missed Stephen O'Keefe in that second yeah. innings. Mm. When, when Sock uh, did his hamstring... Yep. Um, you know, we didn't have a ball spinning away from right-handers. So, John Holland, the Victorian... On his way. The new Ray Bright, we're calling him down there in Victoria. <laughs> oh, that's oh, a big, big call. call. Gee, Sri Lanka are uh, scared. He's on the way, but he's going to make his Test match debut on Thursday. But batting was tough on that wicket, which is why uh, Gusel Mendes, you mentioned cool. him, was it 169? This is such an extraordinary innings in the context of this that This is game. one of the greatest innings in yep. the history of Test cricket. Yeah. Didn't the Sri Lankans turn out to witness yeah, it yeah. as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was his schoolmates. It reminded me, it was like watching a young Sachin Tendulkar or Aravinda De Silva, the yeah. great Sri Lankan batsman. He was brave. Um, yeah. He swept mainly, you know, and, and, yeah. and it really messed with uh, Nathan Lyon's length. So but, it was an incredible knock. Yeah, but Flem, I mean, what shouldn't be overlooked is that Australia came away from the test with a world record. The partnership of Steve O'Keefe and Peter Neville is officially the most boring in cricket history. Uh, 155 balls. There's some highlights showing you here. Uh, without a run scored. Yes, that's 155 balls. That's did, how you block them. Did, did Jeff boycott somewhere? Just go, damn! No, did <laughs> Chris Tavare go, damn! They actually tweeted. Boyd really? said that's the greatest partnership. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got to hope, you've got to hope there is one guy over there in Shanghai who finally convinced his partner to go to the cricket with him <laughs> that day. <laughs> and they sat there for 30 overs and saw a single bounder of Stephen O'Keefe. <laughs> One Australian uh, did make an impact there. Uh, it was uh, this bloke. Just getting his kid off during one of the rainbows, uh, dancing That's, around uh, on the. He wasn't cubs. afraid to dig in. Yeah. Was he? <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he really wanted to stay out in the middle, didn't he? Out <laughs> afraid of the cracks in the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was, this is an Aussie. This is an Australian. Oh, do you ever yeah. need to ask? Are you clear? <laughs> what are you saying? What about when you run? When, you, when if someone runs onto the field MCG, it's like fifteen thousand dollars. He got fined what twenty bucks? No, no, he wasn't. He was put in jail. Yeah, but and the fine was only yeah, twenty dollars. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, he went released. Okay. Went Mate, the jail. accommodation's not great there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, you get Sri Lankan food in jail. I quite <laughs> like a curry. So that guy actually did go to jail. His release date was today. So it takes us to our top five. Our top five reasons streaking is a bad idea. Yeah, yeah number five. Look, even the best laid plans. Look, he's wearing his modesty socks. Uh, he's got his <laughs> mate here who is holding his clothes. Uh, he gets them, makes a mad dash for the safety of the corporate box, but <laughs> no safety in there. <laughs> And caught at number four. Now, this is a security will get you in the end. Great tackle, that. Oh, that's oh, great. And, and they won't be gentle. Uh, that's a problem there. Look, this oh, yeah. is a guy from State of Origin. Uh, I don't know why I'm showing you this, just to frighten everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and bang, look at that, the whiplash from behind. Uh, and off you go. So, obviously, be aware of security. If security doesn't get you, the players will. Oh, oh, yeah. Andrew Simons. Yeah. Absolute great classic shoulder. He'd get three weeks for that now, the shoulder charge, of course, in rugby league. Greg Chappell. Greg Chappell, uh, come here. Shake your hand. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> That's the first one. That's a sweet. Yeah. Yeah. German <laughs> nightclub, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs>
And, <laughs> and of course, Ruben Wiki as well. We'll see in a moment. Uh, here he comes. Oh, yeah, tackling as a ball, a ball and all tackle there. <laughs> Ruben, uh, former player as well. Uh, streaking obviously can also be bad for your health. Now, watch this guy. He goes in and makes a tackle. Yeah, he makes a tackle. That's not so bad for your health. What I want you to notice very clearly is that it's wrong, kids. He's smoking a pipe. <laughs> Fighting amongst themselves. Look at our streaker. <laughs> <laughs> Number one embarrassment. Or it is being caught by the chicken. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Beware the giant chicken, ladies and gentlemen, if you plan to streak. There you go. There's your top five. Coming up, a very special guest, the great Liesl Jones, joins us right here. Possible, but I didn't really feel the pressure. I was just hoping to do well. Yes, this baby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 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 he gave a four-time Olympian a gold oh. medal. It's one of the greatest breastplate swimmers ever produced anywhere. Liesl Jones, welcome to the show. Thank you. We saw that. You oh. were just a, a look. It was 15 at by the time the Sydney Olympics. Was it overwhelming? It was completely overwhelming and I think, you know, I was just at high school, I was finishing year 10 and I was leaving and I was going to the Olympics and I was coming back just a normal person and after the, well, after the trials when I made it, I had helicopters at my school, I had oh. really strange things happening. So, you know, in year 10, you're trying to be cool and you're trying to fit in. That's not the way to do it. <laughs> That's my advice. Don't try and do that because it's just not cool. So, um, yeah, look, I, it was a different experience, but I was just so overwhelmed by the whole thing. And I look at some of the guys now, they're sort of 14, 15, yeah. and there's quite a few youngsters on there and they'll be feeling the same thing. But do you have that mentoring thing? Do you get to speak to any of them and kind of pass on that advice? Yeah, we do in a sense. I mean, when we're there, it's much easier. It's so much easier as a person to sit down and go, hey, this is probably what you're feeling. But lately, we've actually, an initiative that's been started by Daniel Kowalski was the letters to the athletes, which was fantastic, and that was a great way to do it. But for me, I've just been sending messages just on Instagram, just direct messaging like a, like a crazy fan, just being, like, stalking, like, hey, I got this picture of you. No, just kidding. <laughs> and um, you'll never believe where I got this from. And, um, yeah, so we, we just send them messages of support and just go, hey, just chill out, just have a great time. So this is a an individual sport that's trying to recreate the team culture. They've worked hard on it. And you mentioned writing the letters. And you were asked to write to one of the young breaststrokers, Taylor McEwen. I was. And she was asked about this in the media during the week and I noticed and they said, oh, what did Liesl write to you? And she said, she told me when I get to the Olympic Village just to think it's game on moles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just ignore the sewerage. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, we, we had that issue actually in Delhi. So when we went to the yeah. Commonwealth Games, we had sewerage issues. So um, that wasn't pleasant. But I heard on the radio this morning they're talking about Kitty Chiller was saying uh, with the open water swimmers to just keep their mouth closed when they're swimming in the yeah, raw sewerage. Yeah, for 20 k's. For 20 k's. Yeah. <laughs> don't drink Easy. any water yeah, at just... all. Don't let it dribble down the side of your mouth. Don't do anything. So it's pretty crazy. But, uh, yeah, so that's sort of my quote and that has been my quote throughout my entire career was game on moles. And it was kind of like a thing when you step up behind the blocks, like, game on, I've got you girls, like, that's it. And it was just kind of a really bogan way of saying it. And I thought, 
it would really connect to her as well because that was my mantra and I'm happy to pass it on to her and she can use it. And I actually said it to Emily Seabom as well. I sent her a message and I said, look, it's game on moles. It's all even. Just do what you have to do and take what's yours. Do you get that as a tattoo anywhere? I do, actually. <laughs> look like? A little, little tramp stamp down the back there. <laughs> Game on, moles. <laughs> Talking about how young you were when you started, is it true that your mum's car broke down to an Olympic trials <laughs> yes, once? Yes, like absolutely. This? So that what Olympic happened? trials. That, what happened? Yeah, oh, we no. had a really old bomb. Like, it was a, a green... I just remember a green Holden station wagon. It was the worst car ever. And it broke down on the way. And my mum is notorious for being super early, like, hours and hours early. <laughs> and it was actually really lucky because RACQ had to come and save us. We were stuck on the Bruce Highway and um, not getting to the airport anytime soon. So pretty lucky, but I, I received a sponsorship after that, a car sponsorship, which I was <laughs> okay. pretty lucky. So I was like, oh, thank you so much. And do the, the swimmers feel the pressure that they're starting off and mm. the expectations, you know, the Americans are saying that we'll, we'll finish third in the, the medal tally. 11 in the pool. Do you, feel that, wow. do, do you feel that as a team? They wouldn't be looking at numbers directly, but they will feel the pressure because they're opening, they're starting, and notoriously the swimmers do collect a big swag of medals. And in London, when that didn't happen, that was quite, yeah. quite terrifying. So, I mean, swimmers do feel the pressure in the sense that they're opening it. And, and also, too, they set the tone for the rest of the team. So, for them, it's kind of like if they set up gold, then it's, it's a case of everyone else is kind of expected to win gold yeah. as well. So... It, there is a lot of pressure. They won't look at numbers, though, because what's on paper, what you see in the psych sheets is not what happens. It's an Olympic Games. There's people from Lithuania and Lane 3 will win an event and you'll just think, mm, where did this person come from? So what, whatever's on paper is not what's going to happen. What about all the... We spoke about it earlier, all the doom and gloom and negativity mm. surrounding the lead-up to Rio. Does, have you been involved in an event where it's been a sort of similar lead-up? Well, I'm not sure that... I have been to events before where it's been much worse. Delhi, in particular, was, was far worse and we had, we had balconies that didn't have any railings on them. So we were on the fifth floor... And you could step out onto our balcony and just drop straight off the end. And remember that story with the boxes that threw their washing machine off? Our washing machines were on the balcony. You just put it, had to put it on a spin cycle and it fell off. <laughs> so it was not a case of you just... That would go for 1.5 million in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Can I say, Lisa, obviously the, the swimmers lead it off. It also means you're the first to finish and you've still got that full seven or eight days mm. in the Olympic Village partying wildly with athletes <laughs> around the world. Mm -hmm. Is it game on moles there too once you're totally. out of the pool? Totally. That's, What's that's... the secret? You went to four of them. What's the secret to making sure you're still firing on the last day of the Olympics? Well, unfortunately, it's the 100 chicken nugget challenge. So it's uh, who can eat 100 chicken McNuggets or whatever without throwing up. So that's a challenge. Do you get a little gold nugget? <laughs> you get a little gold nugget at the end. Yeah, exactly, for winning. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, it, it's quite a... It's quite an experience and it's very difficult because some people finish on the first day. Mm, yeah. So some people have to spend, you know, the next two weeks just twiddling their thumbs and partying when no-one else is really partying. But it's more so. partying than twiddling your thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's not twiddling, twiddling it's swiping your thumbs. Your thumbs. <laughs> yeah, 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 swiping on Tinder. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's a little bit different. So, I mean, Tinder wasn't around when I was when I was competing, so, and I've always had a partner, so for me, I think Tinder's going to be quite interesting this time around, so... Uh, Ooh, Tinder watch. Be, okay. Tinder watch, yeah, yeah I think okay. that'll be... Uh, keep your eye on it. it we know the really swimmers that everybody expects to do really well. Is there anybody that may surprise you? I know you're a big fan of Mac Horton, for mm. example. I love Mac Horton, and he's such an underdog. He's someone you don't hear much about. Yeah. He's competing in the 400 and 1500 freestyle. He's a really incredible talent, and you just don't hear anything about him on the news, and... 
For me, I feel like he's going to be a future Grant Hackett or a Kieran Perkins or a Daniel Kowalski. He's that talented and he just goes, flies so far under the radar that you've probably never even heard of him. So he's an incredible talent and he'll certainly be one to watch at this game. And day one, will we start with gold? Will we have a gold medal by lunchtime on Sunday when the 4 by 100 women jump in? Tough one. But, I mean, look at London. I mean, they certainly weren't supposed to win in London and we had a pretty terrible time with a toxic team over there. So, for sure, they certainly weren't supposed to win. And we've done many surprising things with the men's 4 by one freestyle relay in Sydney where we beat the USA. So, we're very much the underdog and we just come out and win. I would love to think we would. We've got Kate and Bronte Campbell. I mean, that's almost gold and silver. No pressure, but almost gold and silver in the 100 freestyle. So, that, that's got to be a good start. Well, somebody in their journey may get to where you are. I think you're with Thorpey with those nine Olympic medals. It's an amazing record. I know you'll be working with Fox Sports News as well for, on coverage. I will. I'm so excited. Yeah. Can't wait. This is the first one in 16 years that I've actually watched. <laughs> <laughs> 1996 was the last time I watched an Olympic Games. We'll so. enjoy it. We will enjoy watching I'm you. I'm excited. Lisa Jones, thank you so much for dropping by. Coming up, our champion of the week up next. Welcome back. Four beach rugby teams uh, came to blows during a tournament in Wales. Now have a listen as the announcer tries to contain the melee. You start off at six aside. Oh, Dolores, calm down, boy. Hey. You will be expelled from the tournament if you continue. Teams, this is only touch. I know it's physical touch, but that's a bit too physical. Alright? <laughs> as, as a long-time fan of drunk Welsh beach rugby, I have to say I was very disappointed <laughs> with what they put in there. But if you've ever been to a beach in Wales, you'd get violent as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've, um, I've never bungee jumped, I've never parachuted, I cross roads at pedestrian crossing. So, uh, look, I don't relate to this bloke at all. He jumps out of that plane, this is in the US, Planning to land without a parachute, mind you. No parachute. No parachute. No. Now, One on the land... left? No, yeah, in the green. Yep. Yeah. He wants to land in that net, Kel. That's his Luke. aim. Uh, to land, just free fall, flip over here, sunshine, and boom. <laughs> he spent two years training. for right. I don't know what you actually do. It clearly paid off. <laughs> exactly right. But how... Training for two years no. to fall 25,000 feet into a it's net. extraordinary. Da Damien Hardwick watching that, just going, I can relate. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> there no, might not be a net. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a cruel game with Hawthorne family. Time now yes. for our champ of the week. And putting away our disappointment for Jason Day. Jimmy Walker's oh, wire-to-wire win at the PGA, picking up his first major title, classic golf pro effort. Hit the clutch shots, kept rolling the ball into the cup, refused to buckle under the pressure exerted by the great Aussie world number one on the final holes and got the job done. Well done, Mr Walker. Champ of the week, sadly, that's where we have to leave you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. We'll see you next week. This has been a production of Fox Sports.